0: I'm Dr. Brona Keane on Ireland's Tooth Fairy podcast, a podcast where we don't sugarcoat the truth and chat about different dental experiences within the dental world. Here we will be hearing from patients, friends and doctors. We will be brought on different dental journeys from all different perspectives to help everyone understand and change the perception of dentistry. Your teeth are a core aspect of your self-care and are to last you a lifetime. They provide you with your smiles, speech, eating, and some people even say that the smile is the window to the soul.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Brona Keen, and today on Ireland's Tooth Fairy, I am joined by my fussy eater blogger, Kira Atwell. Kira is a mother of two and released a book in 2014 containing 100 easy everyday recipes for the whole family. Having worked with a large number of children during my time in Crumlin, I have a vast experience with dealing with children and the concerns of parents. This is why Kira and I have come together to discuss the importance of prevention with children from diet tips to the tricks for getting your kids to brush their teeth. So we have um, Kira on here now with us today. So, Kira, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Obviously, I've said about the book and your kids, but just kind of your journey because I know you weren't always in food.
2: Yeah. Hi, Brona. Thanks so much for having me. No Um, worries. Yeah. So, my background is, well, funny enough, it's something totally different. My background is is in law. So, I did uh, a law degree in Ireland, and after college, I moved to London um started working I trained here started working and um then had my first baby Efa in 2011 um I went back to work after she was born and kind of like the typical kind of working you know in the city and working late and long hours and doing, doing the grind doing the grind yeah <laughs> And I went back to work when she was six months old, which is, of course, the time that you start weaning your baby. And she was at a childminder. So the childminder did all the weaning. So I never kind of got involved in the really first steps of food. And I was really, really removed from it, to be honest, and quite like nervous. Didn't really know what I was doing at the weekends. And then when she was 18 months, we decided to move out of London towards further into the country. And I left that job. And then suddenly I was at home with a baby turning into a toddler and not really any idea of how I should be feeding her. Or, as I said, I had no confidence in it. Um, I know. And I really, really struggled and kind of uh, probably less than a year later, Um, I was then pregnant with my second child, Finn, and it kind of got worse because I had just not really bad morning sickness, but the kind of constant nausea that you sometimes get in pregnancy. And my eating was really bad. Like I just ate bland food, beige food. And of course, that rubbed off on her. Um okay. Yeah, so by the time not was- helping the
1: situation at all with kids that are already fussy enough.
2: Exactly. And so by the time Finn was born none of us were really eating very well and I was just determined to kind of change it and to put a bit more effort into it and yeah, I basically just started the blog and I started talking about what I was doing and making recipes and it all just kind of came from there really.
1: So it it then became a little less daunting. You were with the kids all the time, seeing what they were eating. And obviously that has a huge help in kind of seeing the decisions. Because I know a lot of the time when you have people minding, sometimes it's like grannies, I feel like, or grannies or grandparents. And you just don't know what they're eating because the grandparents want to be the the loved ones or the minders want to be the the nice ones, or as you would be put. So I remember it was always a constant battle and I'd be telling people and make sure you bring the minder, whether it's granny or granddad or whoever it is to the appointments as well because it, it's so important that everyone gets involved in, in the diet and meal planning of the kids yeah, um, for the growth of, for growth in general, brain development and obviously what I'm here for, the teeth. Um, but I know you have, um, you have Aoife and, um, and Finn is, is autistic he is yeah um and so this has been obviously a huge part in in the meal plans because uh, prevention for autistic kids I know they have such sensory problems and issues mm. um with going to the dentist because there's so much going on with the noise and the vibrations and the unfamiliarity of the place yeah so I guess it's like a lot of focus then on on prevention which would be the diet and the brushing yeah so I know that you mentioned there just before this that the brushing isn't so hot at the moment. So hopefully I'll be able to help you out with that. But maybe you can just tell us how you've kind of come to managing um, with the diet because obviously yours is more strict, but it it is really what everyone should be doing. And um, it just so happens that the the repercussions of you not doing is is more difficult to manage but really i mean you're a role model here and everyone should be following your lead in oh, terms of what that's <laughs> earlier anyway
2: uh, yeah i mean we kind of we, we said before we started the podcast i kind of explained the you know the the teeth situation with finn it's really difficult to get him to brush his teeth it's literally a situation we got to hold him down it's quite traumatic everyone's screaming <laughs> it's not a nice experience um oh. but what we've done is um he goes to the dentist a lot like every kind of I would say every two to three months we bring him and so more often maybe than a, you know an average kind of checkup that's usually what about six months um yeah so he goes more often because we obviously we're quite like we want to make sure that you know there's nothing going on rigorous yeah um I mean our local dentists have been fantastic since day one like they know him now and they know his issues they know um, his sister always has to go with him because she kind of jumps on the chair first then he'll get up afterwards so they've been amazing with making him com- feel comfortable and like touch wood. So like a
1: role model then um, is acting as kind of like you know when I guess when one kid does something then the other one feels like it's it's more adjustable. Yeah
2: and it's kind of almost yeah. like a competition it's like well if you do it I'm gonna do it. <laughs>
1: Yes. the constant battle between siblings eh exactly um, um but sorry, yeah then um, they they were su- really super then can you tell me kind of what else did did you do for your first appointment with with Finn or can you remember how you how you managed the dental experiences from the beginning
2: we just talked with to him, him. like about did, he, what's did, did he okay yeah we talked to him a lot we talked to him a lot about what's happening what's happening that day we use visuals a lot so that's great for kids that have issues with communication um, using visuals, visual timetables, storybooks, kind of storybook. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think yeah. this could I have learned so much about communicating with children through Finn's autism. And that's not exclusive just to autistic children. Like, I think so many children would benefit from, you know, more of a visual approach to communication. Um, and that's that that's kind of how it works with him. Um, I mean, he's fine now going to the dentist so we can just say, oh, you know, today after school, we go to the dentist. Um so, yeah, that's kind of how we approached it from the beginning. Um, the other thing is, and we kind of talked about before, this was like the food elements um, oh, yeah. and because obviously I'm quite conscious that he's not brushing his teeth as much as he should be. I need to be a bit more careful about what he's putting on his teeth um so we try you know like most parents we try to kind of keep the sugar levels lower um he loves snacks but we try to keep snacks like quite savory so um he's brilliant with kind of like crunchy veg some fruit um he'll like kind of the lower uh sugar fruit like blueberries and he really likes those um we we spoke briefly about raisins they um My kids eat a little bit of raisins but yeah I don't don't give a lot and actually probably now less because we got a puppy last year and obviously raisins are so bad for dogs so I don't actually have I don't think I have them in the house at the moment I'll be more anymore
1: yeah Um, because the the crunchy veg obviously are amazing because they like they self-cleanse the teeth and stuff so you'd be focusing on like the carrots and the salaries and, yeah. and stuff, stuff like that. The only thing now about the blueberries and fruit, I know they're all, they're all great and vitamins and that regard. But, um, it's just, if you are a lot, of, I think a big thing with teeth and everyone really, not even just children is they, it's all about frequency. Mm. So if you're having like one blueberry every 10 minutes then that even though it is a good sugar it still is a form of sugar attack and you're kind of spacing it out until you've had your like let's say 25 blueberries then that's spaced over 150 minutes whatever that works out in hours um but it's then the teeth are kind of it's having an effect on the teeth all of that time rather than having them in one go so we do yeah. say that the veg are are better kind of to stick with obviously we want to mix up the diet and not be fussy eaters But um, it's, I guess it's just about getting the balance, isn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I'm kind of conscious of that, of like not having the constant grazing throughout the day. Um, Grazing. Yeah. Good word. Having (laughs) constant food in and out. Um, But yeah, I mean, my kids are quite good now. They kind of, they do actually eat quite a lot at mealtimes. They eat quite substantial amounts. So we try to keep snacking kind of to just a couple of times a day um but yeah definitely the more savory foods I think seem to have well touch would so far have worked with kind of keeping his mouth quite healthy um so that's definitely something I would kind of would recommend um the other thing is and funny. how are they
1: with the cheese incorporating cheese into their little snacks and stuff yeah I mean they both, they- they both or-
2: yeah they like cheese they really like cheese um little cubes of cheese or the baby bell you know the little baby bells
1: yeah, very um, handy.
2: The other thing as well is um like drinks they only really have water like fruit juice and squash would be kind of a treat drink for them like if they had a friend over to play they might have some squash or you know if we this was all like pre-covid of course nothing happens now but if before <laughs> no if like, friends anymore yeah no play dates um before <laughs> like when we'd go out maybe and have some lunch um, like Eva would ask for a fruit juice and we'd allow her to have it but we don't have a lot of that stuff at home and it's not definitely not a daily thing so I think that's definitely helped because if kids are drinking a lot during the day obviously you want them to just drink plain water rather than again as you said have that sugar attack all day um, yeah so
1: yeah and I think there is that kind of Misconception. Well, there's two. First of all, the fizzy water is still the bubbles. So that's like an acid because it's carbonic acid. So like I know a lot of people are like, Oh, their kid drinks the fizzy water. Well, the kids, as I always said back back when I was back from it, they're not gonna they're not gonna die of dehydration. I mean they're gonna drink eventually if you only give them the plain water. Yeah. Uh, so, like, it's best to not create the habit of the fizzy waters now because then they go into their teens and then they think the fizzy drinks aren't that bad when really it's all kind of, it's, it's all a domino effect on the situation. Mm. Uh, and then that's kind of the same with the juices that you were mentioning. Like, it's, again, back to the frequency, which I can't hammer home enough, is that even if you're diluting your orange juice every morning, you're better off to just have it on the Sunday than diluting it and having it four times a week.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's a really great, Point actually um yeah I mean I know when I was I think when I was pregnant with Efa, I had just so many cravings for drinks and I used to drink orange juice mixed with fizzy water which is probably the worst thing in the world oh <laughs> yeah and a few weeks before she was born like half my tooth fell out so it's no surprise <laughs>
1: Okay, so so there we have our example, yeah. folks, of why not to be doing that.
2: And it's a good thing. I mean, it wasn't actually, you know, it, was, it wasn't good at the time, but it did really make me think, especially as I was about to have children, like, gosh, it like, drinks can really affect your teeth, like, massively.
1: Yeah, no, d- definitely, definitely. And, and they're just such an easy one to kind of just keep, keep going without kind of thinking much of it or something. Yeah. Like, I think, but then also, like, if you're having your orange juice or whatever on the Sunday, a good thing is always to just have your cup of water afterwards, um, as opposed to brushing, because we don't want to be brushing the the weakened tooth structure on the surface um, for an hour. We do just want to be kind of removing all of those acids and stuff. Okay. Um, But then, um, just kind of on the note, then, also of just the meals. So we're having about, like, two snacks in a day, you'd say, give or take.
2: Yeah, I would probably
1: say about average two. And then our pre meals. So, I guess like when you were probably working in the city and having like not much time for cooking, you were more on the processed foods as opposed to the home cooking. Yeah. And making time for the home cooking. So, how do you, how, what tips would you give to people or do you have any for people? that obviously don't do the complete switch and and are working and do want to be not kind of going towards the processed foods, but also not having to go, like, full wham all the time after a long day of work, you know? Yeah,
2: I would say is that, like, there is nothing wrong with relying on jars and packets. Like, I still do, you know, some days, everyone's busy, but just be a bit mindful of what's in them. So kind of get into a habit, like if you're in the supermarket of maybe – you know if you're you're buying a jar of pasta sauce like just pick it up and maybe look in the back and see how much sugar is in each one and just have a look at the ingredients because I think it's probably something that we don't do a lot we just kind of you know we we look at the big claims on the front like that it might be low in fat or high in protein or whatever it is but we don't always turn it around and actually look what's in it um and I think that's And it's
1: also often quite unimaginable, like the tomato sauce. You never really think sometimes that there would be such a high sugar content in it. Yeah. And or think... the jams or marmalade. Sometimes I feel people don't know really. Either.
2: And even with that, I think it's also important to look at the ingredients because, like something like a uh, uh, even a can of t- you know, chopped tomatoes will look like it's got a high sugar content because, of course, tomatoes are you know they do have a lot of natural sugar in them. Um. And, so yeah. on the face of it it will they'll all look quite high sugar but it's important to actually look at the ingredients and you know see where on the ingredients list the sugar you know if there's added sugar where it, where it is is a high up or is it low down um so just kind of get into that habit of having a look um that's an excellent
1: point actually and then to see where it
2: comes. yeah exactly just and it's just it's very simple you know it's just have a little look and you kind of then get used to brands that you know that maybe are a little bit better or and and you will be surprised Brona it's not always the expensive brands very often uh supermarket owned brands because they're obviously trying to keep the cost down there's very little ingredients in it so don't always think it's the expensive one that's the healthiest.
1: Yeah that's actually such such a good point yeah I'll be I'll be looking out at the jars now they'll be thinking I'm loitering. Yeah I know.
2: But it is quite often the supermarket owned brand stuff can be really good because, yeah, because they're trying to keep the price down. They're keeping the ingredients down. And you may be shocked by some some of the ingredients. Um, The other thing as well is I do. Obviously, I promote a lot of home cooking, cooking from scratch and also using your time wisely. So like if you're making a big family meal. Why not just make double and chuck it in the freezer, and you have a meal for next week? Like, if you're going to go through all that bother and effort of shopping, getting the ingredients, making it up, just make double, and then you have you have a meal for next week. Um,
1: and it kind of takes the daunting out of it because you've now done two instead of one, and thinking what am I going to do next? You've kind of covered yourself. Yeah,
2: exactly. And you just, if you do that a couple of times a week, then that's two days next week when you know you don't need to cook. Um, Slow cookers as well. I'm a massive fan of slow cookers. Like you wake up in the morning, chuck the ingredients in and, you know, especially if you're out all day, you come home and your dinner's ready. Um, So yeah, I love them. Absolutely love my, I even use mine during the summer. Like it's not just kind of a winter cold weather thing. Um, the slow cooker yeah absolutely yeah no I've heard
1: people take everything in it from stews to um, fajitas and just the whole lot they seem to be they're on my on my shopping list for Christmas yeah
2: no definitely I would really recommend it because it's just you know I mean you probably you're probably out of the house all day working long hours in what you do and you just it will change your life you know getting up in the morning throwing the ingredients in and then you come home it's ready like it's it's incredible <laughs> yeah. so.
1: well that's definitely something that I think um a lot of people aren't even aware of the slow cooker and I like I do think it's a it's an, a great addition to the to the household if you are out all day and you do want to be conscious of what's going in the food and and have a bit more control over over the diet yeah. in the house yeah um so I guess that's um that was the one aspect that we were saying was the obviously the diet, but obviously going hand-in-hand hand with the diet is the brushing. Yeah, or lacrosse. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it it really is just a combo of, of both so much. Like it's, I don't think one goes without the other yeah. by any means. Um, so I think, like as you were saying earlier, it's really important to have a good relationship with the dentist for kids and for all kids. Um, so that they, they're they not scared to go and they're happy to go. And I think like a lot has changed with the whole dental world and a lot of the time um, parents kind of may be anxious of the dentist themselves and then kind of put put, put it on to their kids even if that makes sense. And then the kids get anxious. Yeah. So I think it is a good idea as well to just maybe if you do want to visit the clinic beforehand is always a good idea to just have familiar faces. Um, but then with regards to the brushing, now, are you, are you guys in your house, are you um, electric or manual? Electric. Electric, okay. So the, what, there's a few things then just that I have. Um, obviously the electric's great if you have um, reduced um, ha- coordination with your hands. Um, really, really good for all ages. Um, but also a great thing that happens with those electric toothbrushes is I don't know if you have noticed any of them, but there's the um the app or there's the Philips Sonic Care app. Okay,
2: I think I've and, seen well, them, yeah.
1: Yeah, and they they kind of like record so you you set a timer and you set you set and um, you at a time of day that you need to do it and basically the kids get points and like a reward system okay, so it's nice. like positive reinforcement as opposed to it always being negative and you haven't done this and you haven't done that as opposed to them wanting to do it do you know
2: yeah that's really good
1: um, yeah and then with this just the phillips the one I, i'm obviously not pushing any brand or whatever but it's just they have a funnier kind of app if you even just want to look at the app and um, not saying to get the toothbrush but um they have like a little kind of um, fuzzy friend and he's called Sparky on it and you have to brush your teeth to get points to feed him and clothe him and all stuff like that so it makes it a bit of like an interactive game oh wow yeah as just like something I guess kids don't see the fun of of brushing their own teeth I don't, they just don't see the benefit I guess mm-hmm. of it yet Um, and then I guess then if you're you have the timer working and all that that's kind of removing half the stress out of it but obviously a good thing to also do is sometimes kids like to have a song in the background. Okay. And um, So then like, you know, they know that my favorite song is two minutes long or whatever. And then that's, that's how long they have to brush their teeth for. I don't know. Have you tried in those either of those? No, or? but I
2: definitely will. They're no. Perfect. <laughs>
1: I'm glad I'm being to some help. Um, and then um, another one is, I think, like always brushing in, in the family unit and um, because as I saw, saw there on something, families that brush together, smile together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm corny as that sound is actually coming from me there. um. But I do think like if everyone gets involved, it kind of becomes like an activity. And then also like everyone, I I don't care what how competent your kid is, everyone needs to be supervised until 12 years old. Mm. So... Like it is really important that every that everyone does get involved and that the kids do see their parents brushing their teeth as well, because they I mean it's it's a leading like example. It's like what you were saying with Efa jumping into the chair first. Um, this you know then Finn will do it. So it's like the same. Efa will do it if you brush your teeth, and then he'll do it if she does. Yeah, a, a big domino effect. Um, and then the other little tip that I had, and now I I normally say this for. For people that just have a few more needs um is it's sometimes useful to if you if if they can't brush their teeth themselves um and i don 't know what level Finn is at, but if he's not able to brush his teeth himself is to just fill up the sink and have him playing with the water while you brush his teeth or just have like something running on a screen like a little movie or something i don't know just to kind of distract so that you can actually get in there because I know a lot of the time parents have the difficulty of even getting in themselves. Yeah. Um, would you find that or what kind of, what would be your main struggles with the brushing of the teeth?
2: It's, it's yeah, just getting in, like he just like clamps his mouth shut. He doesn't want to do is, um, if we kind of let him do it himself, he'll only do a little bit. So what he will do is sometimes he will take a toothbrush, like a manual one and, and almost like chew on it. Um. So that's probably doing a little bit, but we need really need to get in you know to get into the back and do the back teeth um but it's just it's, yeah, it's just the struggle because he just does not he doesn't want to open his mouth i don't it's i mean it's definitely a sensory issue because it's so common with autistic children it's definitely a sensory issue, I think they feel that um the sensation of the toothbrush a lot more, but the um yeah the electric toothbrush has been better he seems to prefer that when we're doing it so I don't know if the kind of the motion and the slight vibration makes it easier yeah.
1: yeah as opposed to the whole having to do everything it's doing the work for you kind of
2: yeah exactly it's just yeah and it just seems to he seems to be more tolerable of of that
1: and like, how interactive would he be with iPads and games and kind of things like that? Would do is this? I mean, you'll have to try it and get back to me. But um, like, do, does he? Would he normally interact with games and stuff? Yeah, or I attention? Mean, the there loves. he would.
2: <laughs> he loves it. So. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely worth trying.
1: Definitely, yeah. And even like, I know, like a lot of the time when people say, "Oh, like, um." give them incentives and stuff i think the main thing with incentives is like even if it's a brushing chart and you have it up in the bathroom and like just pop it making sure that obviously it's not like a a bad thing in the long run so don't be rewarding with obviously sweets and stuff like that um and do just be rewarding with like simpler things like stickers and stuff because obviously it is just a a, 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 it shouldn't be too big a task so you don't want to be like you want it to be seem normal as opposed to like a huge deal that they've done it if that makes sense
2: yeah definitely definitely it's really great advice
1: I'm glad I've been (laughs) of (laughs) help yeah no it's just you see people struggling and obviously the whole thing is with the prevention and like you don't the obviously with with autism and other special needs and stuff if they i found it really difficult for them as i was saying to get the treatment and it's it is it can be quite traumatic when re- really nowadays dentistry shouldn't be it should be quite smooth sailing you should be happy with the dentist lots of nice language with kids like magic water and like never mention needles parents that's also going out to as well and to just make it more approachable so that then you don't have to go down the road of having to get sedation or general anesthetic or anything like that for these decay this decay that can arise um but um but yeah, so it sounds like I mean the, the electric toothbrushes are doing great on and the, the tips you definitely gave lots of tips like the the sugar content and where it's coming from. So I think like if if everyone was to combine now like, the two the two lots of information, we'd have a lot of lot less lost less kids with um rotting teeth in their mouth anyway. Mm-hmm.
2: Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. I mean sometimes <laughs> I just think, God have we just been quite lucky with him considering we've had such issues but um yeah I mean I definitely think for us one of the the, the big one of the really great things we did was starting to bring him to the dentist more often um because it takes uh the weight off my mind as well if I'm worried or you know if we've had a few weeks really bad with trying to brushing it just it just eases that guilt and my worry a bit if I know that he's going and getting checked out and everything's okay so um Yeah, Yeah, I would say that to people and to speak to your dentist and, you know, explain the situation and say, you know, you've got a child that might have some additional needs and might, you know, can they be seen a bit more often? Or because I think most, you know, most professionals are like really accommodating now to help. Yeah. And they just want to help. They'd rather, I'm sure you would agree, Brona. you'd rather see a child a bit more often than only see them once a year and then to come in with problems.
1: Well, like, I know you're saying it for your conscience, but for my conscience as well, yeah. I know if, like, it's like,
2: if someone walks out and I'm like, oh my God,
1: they're not going to do something. I'm like, I want you back next week. Like I, I don't, I'm, I'm not a dentist that lets things fly. Um, I'm, I'm not strict, but I, I'm, I, I don't, I'm not easygoing. Yeah. <laughs> <I like that. laughs> um, but no, and, and I do think it is important because obviously you guys are putting so much work in and so if You don't want to be you don't want to feel like like you're lacking, and obviously you're not and i I do think like with finn it is it has been it you, maybe it has been luck, but I do think, and like I do have to say this too, it is locked down to parents and like I like pat on the back to yourself there because it really is it it is like if the parents put in the work, it does really pay off. Um, And I really just don't think he would be in the situation he would be if you weren't bringing him to his regular checks, getting him that electric toothbrush, checking his diet and having him like caries free or decay free. Like, I think he's very lucky position to have you really.
2: I don't know. I don't think he'd agree.
1: (laughs) I don't think he will, but you can play this back to him when he's 21 (laughs) and see what he says. (laughs) I
2: like that idea.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So... I guess that pretty much ties up everything for today. Um, There wasn't any other questions, like any other problems that you feel like with the brushing or anything that this you find particularly ta- like tricky or anything that you want to ask? Because obviously you're the parent of, of two children. And I'm just wondering, is there anything else that would help do you feel parents in the future? Uh, or do you think we've covered it all?
2: Yeah, I think you've covered, I think you've, um, you made a point earlier which I think is great and I have heard this before but I think it probably needs to be said a lot I think sometimes I have come across parents that have gone the other way and they're brushing they're getting their kids to brush their teeth too much and what you said about you know not letting them have something sugary and then brushing it straight away is not the answer because you're like embedding it in um because I think sometimes yeah we can sometimes take stuff too far because we're so worried about getting you know them getting uh decays and and stuff and having to have teeth out so um I think that's a really good point of you know just finding that balance um
1: and being just being conscious really of um of the whole situation
2: yeah definitely I think that's yeah really good point um but yeah otherwise you've given me some great advice brilliant poor poor Finn, when he comes home from school he's not going to know what hits him today like right we're trying out something new (laughs)
0: And that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me and my conversation with Kira. And don't forget to share today's episode with all of your friends and family.